when she gets over my blood spirit, she cries. I actually got her a t-shirt here a while back so she can sign. <laughs> Spiritually affected person. Yeah. <laughs> she prays. There's pretty good Jesus going to cry. She speaks from the heart of some people. Pretty good Jesus going to cry. Amen. She is. I am thankful for her. Thank you all for having me today. Uh, great, beautiful day. I am very glad to be here. Let's open the prayer. Our dear Father, our dear great Father, we come to you, Father. Open our hearts, open our minds, open our ears. May we see what you want us to see. May we hear the things that you want us to hear. May they not, may each one not hear me, but may they hear your words come into them. Father, may we just uh, be able to take this and apply this to our life, Father. May we just take and be able to hold on to you, Father. A great Father, the one that does have a plan for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Tunnel message is God's plan gives us hope. Gives hope. Start off with a little story. How many people remember about tw almost 20 years ago when the tornado hit Ferris City? Mm -hmm. Well, the same another tornado hit over Stockton, which was the same tornado that hit down in Camden County where I was working, lived and worked at the time. I, I was working for a fire protection district at that time down there. There was only two of us on paid staff, and the rest were volunteers. And next day, we had about 10 different fire trucks, apparatuses, and coal. And so as the storm starts approaching, we get to see that green sky coming. Okay, to me that's a dead giveaway that things are not really going to get really nasty. And all of a sudden, the volunteers went to flood in the station. And I uh, make a couple phone calls, and I find out I'm the officer in charge of the whole district right now. I'm the captain, the chief, and all, and the battalion chiefs are all gone out of district at the time. So everything fell back on me. And in telling this story, I don't want to be getting any glory from from it. It's God and how He works things out. But as things started, they all started coming into the station. I got all these people. We got these various trucks. We don't even know exactly what's getting ready to happen, but we just we all had this sense that it's getting ready to happen. So I started signing people trucks. I was able to sign every one of those ten trucks out with at least three persons per truck. On just a little bit later got called out to what we call Tunnel Dam Country. Tornado hit, touchdown, F3. And of course, they hadn't classified it yet, but that's what it was there. So I sent the first three or four trucks out there. Living in that life, living in there most of my life, I pretty much predict where the storm was going to go. I could plan what it was going to do. So I sent the next three trucks out to what we call, in that area we call the Caterville. And I took the last of the apparatus, and we went out to a little town called Montreal. I knew that it was going to travel that path. My plan for everybody was to get us, not to get us ahead of the storm, but to get right on top of it. I almost got ahead of the storm because I had guys driving 10 miles to the storm, and they responded, and it was on scene in less than a minute and a half after it hit. Several points I'm going to make throughout this message to come back to this point. If everybody wants to turn to Jeremiah 29 or open your app up, whatever, we're going to be right around Jeremiah 29 most of the time. Familiar verse. New King James Version says, For I know the thoughts that I have toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you hope, to give you future, and a hope. I'm going to reread that in another translation. I'm going to read from the Christian Standard Bible. For I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your well-being, not for disaster, to give you future and a hope. Now just like in the story I just told, all those persons that come to the station knew I had a plan for them. They was willing to take a hold of that plan and run with it. It wasn't like, you're sending me to D Road, the Tunnel Dam Country? I don't want to go there. I'd rather go to Decaturville. Or why didn't I get selected first? They all just stepped into the plan that I had for them. Now I'm not saying I've got don't get don't get that translate, don't get that translated in there. Step one, God has a plan for you. We have to recognize and accept that God has a plan for you. Everybody repeat after me. God has a plan for me. 
We have to know that. We have to believe that. We have to apply that in our lives. And it's real easy sometimes going through life and forget it's bigger than you, it's bigger than me, it's bigger than Purdy, it's bigger than Missouri, it's bigger than the United States. Amen. It's bigger than the earth. Think about how small the earth is in the whole grand scheme of things. Psalms 139, 13 through 14. For it was you who created my inmost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably, wondrously made. Your words are wondrous and I know them very well. God made you intricately for the plan he has for you. I am not Wilson. Wilson is not me. As he said, I'm an interesting character. That's, that's a pretty good way to put it. I'm very unique. I will admit that before you all. We all. And you know what? He uses my uniqueness in ways. I'll use examples here like a tornado to show hope because that's what God laid on my heart. Yes. Each person has a purpose. We may have different purposes. Our roads may cross and have the same purpose at the time. But we each have a purpose. And I cannot reach the people that you're supposed to be. And you can't do the ones that I'm necessarily supposed to be unless we're tied together in the same type of ministry, it's the same location, and that happens. Been involved in a men's ministry, and typically what I find is in order to get guys to go to this men's weekend deal, it usually takes a minimum of two guys inviting. Sometimes we know, we know, might know that this guy's inviting this guy. Sometimes we don't even know how I'm inviting a guy and another guy's inviting him, but it usually takes at least two men in order to get one man to go. But we're each serving our purpose in our way. You make a choice to accept it, to ignore it, or to recognize it. You've got to recognize it first. God has a plan for you. You must recognize that, and then you have to accept it. You have a right to ignore it. God gave us free choice. Right. But where is that going to lead? Death? Destruction? Each person is called to the Father by the way of the cross. That's the first step in this first step. If you don't know Jesus here today, the first part of grabbing hold of his plan, of his purpose, is to come to Jesus. So if you don't know him today, he paid the price for you to come forward, to be redeemed in him. That way you can start this journey of fulfilling his plan for you, to fulfill that purpose. You see, the plan is so big, so vast, that we can't even grab a hold of it all. The day that tornado happened, I had never I'd been in the fire service approximately 10 years at that point. I never, I've never responded to a magnitude of that incident at that point. Since then, I've responded to bigger ones, like Joplin. So I wasn't really qualified to handle this. I had this class, I had this class, but there was no responding to tornado 101 class. But with God's help, making a plan, taking each obstacle to come up as it come up, I was able to go through the plan and handle it. It's not about how you feel like you're qualified. It's not how you feel like your ability is. Amen. I'm not standing here on my ability right now. It's God working through me that I can stand here and speak to you now. So regardless of what your qualifications are, God's got a purpose for you. He designed it. It may be uncomfortable. In fact, I will dare to bet it is uncomfortable. Yep. Usually God puts us in uncomfortable. That way we get out of our flesh and into Him more. Yes. Into His plan more. He has His timing, just like that tornado. There was a timing of it. I almost missed the timing of it, but God's hand was on it. That would have been my mistake. But he blessed his timing. Didn't let that stop storm stall. He kept it on his path, his present course. It's hard sometimes to take timing. I've been retired for almost two years now. Haven't been doing some work, filling work here, filling work here. And overall, I haven't done a lot of extra work. In fact, I haven't worked outside of ministry since I retired. And it's like, man, I should be doing something. I'll look at a job and I'll pray about it. They're like, no, he's supposed to be doing that. Hmm. 
building received. He shows us what we need when we need it. Need it. Amen. Many times in ministry I've prayed with somebody and I haven't known a bit about the person. Not what to say. I'm like, okay, Lord, you're really going to have to help me. I don't even know this individual at all. And he'll give me the words to say. I remember one time I prayed over a man. It was at, this men, at a men's weekend thing. And I went up and boy, the Lord gave me a very specific message about his marriage. And I'm like, oh my, this guy's bigger than me. That's a pretty big boy. And uh, he gave me very specific about this guy's message marriage and it wasn't uh wasn't a good situation to say the least and i thought well lord you must be right and i went in and prayed over him that way he stood up and gave me a big old hug before he walked off like how did you know i didn't know <coughs> i was just being obedient praying what the father told me to pray amen sometimes his plan manifests itself in a situation changing around you Sometimes it's God. Sometimes the enemy tries to change the situation around you. We must recognize what God's moving around you in order to move forward into his plan. We have to pray. We have to see. You know, I'll get into that a little bit more here in a little bit. Each one of these steps, I want to point out, God can say, Janie, here's your hope. But here's the thing. If you look at each one of these steps that we're going through, these are ways that you get hope. That's right. Yeah. It's a gift from him. But just like at Christmas time, you've got to get a hold of that present. You've got to unwrap it. Amen. God gives us hope. But here's the steps we've got to do to have that hope, to grasp a hold of that hope, to move into a situation of hope. Step two, don't stray from God's plan. A lot easier said than done, isn't it? Yeah. Many things compete for your place, plead with you for the place that God's plan should have. Idols, money, work, career, possessions, hobbies, pride, emotions. Emotions can be. How many times do we get emotionally led instead of spirit led? Yeah, that's true. Hmm. A lot of times you mentioned going into burn buildings. We have to chuck them emotions aside to go to burn a building. It's not that you're not scared. That you got chucked out of sight to go do the job. The day of the tornado. As I responded out to the Montreal area, I was driving a ladder truck. Now, a ladder truck in a tornado situation that has a 70 foot ladder on top and tornado in a countryside is not a good scenario to try to get a truck around. Truck's too heavy, truck's too long, truck's too wide. So I had to return back to the headquarters station. I was in effect, I dropped my crew off and reassigned them to another crew, and I went back to town. I'll be honest, I was really mad at that point. I felt like I was being very much ineffective. I wasn't able to be out there to storm. I wasn't able out there to help the people that needed help. And right about the time I arrived back to the station, other departments were responding in with equipment to help us. So I got in there and I got in the training room and I started started pulling uh, another plan. What am I going to do with these guys? So when the guys from the field started calling, when Nero called and said, I need another brush truck, I was able to send them back. Whenever South 5 Decaturville told me that they needed more, more manpower and equipment, I'd say, okay, I got a strike team for that. You, you three go. God started using me in a different way than I even expected. But I couldn't let my emotions get to what I'd been aggravated because I didn't think I was being used where I was at. But I needed to move forward and be used the way you wanted me to be used. I ended up being more effective and being used by getting back to this headquarters station than I would have been out in the field. And it was hard for me because I'm a doer, I'm a hands-on kind of guy, I'm not an administrator kind of guy necessarily. Not external sources. People. People tend to test us. People tend to align with their beliefs, their views. External sources, ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox. They all compete for your plan, for God's plan for you. They're trying to alter your mindset. Maybe it's time we focus on KJV, CSB, NIV, NLT. I don't care which version you use, 
<laughs> if we focus on God's plan, God's word, Amen. instead of that TV that has Amen. an agenda, then we can stay focused. I'm not saying we don't care and pray for what's going on in the world, but I am saying we focus on this rather than what they're telling us. We can stick to God's plan for us. If we focus on that TV set or the news pods, we're going to get off off course little by little. Amen. I had a friend send me a deal about a prophet last year. This prophet made several statements in there. Some I sort of not I, I, I can see that prophet would happen. But one thing he made really just told me who he was. That prophet made a comment that he read 40 newspapers a day. If you read 40 newspapers a day, I'm going to stand right here and say right now you're not here. You're living in the world. And you're letting that deviate you from God's plan. I think he might have heard from God some, but he didn't have that much world in it and be prophesying what God had for him. See what that means here at Bible. Amen. Times we live in, we see more and more people saying the way you should go. You got to put up with this. You got to do this to show love. You got to do this. But God's plan shows us the way we should go, and His plan is right here in the Word. Amen. May be guided by the Holy Spirit. I mentioned circumstances a little in the last one. It lines up, so it must be of God. I've heard men say before, okay, so God lines up for I get a bass boat, so I go fishing on Sunday mornings. Is that of God? Probably not. we got to watch just because it lines up in this world. It doesn't mean it was of God. We need to test it with God's Word. We need to pray about it. We need to see God's face in it to make sure we're still with the plan. Right before I ordained, Wilson mentioned I ordained this year in April. Got all my classes done, made for all the testing and all that. Job come open on Fort Leonard Wood. Teaching urban search and rescue, something I've specialized in for many years. I was actually offered that job several years ago, but I couldn't leave Springfield because of uh, being invested in the pension. So this job comes open, very good pay, 30 minutes from home. I contact one of the guys that I know and I said, hey, well, how would a half-deaf or out knuckle driver be at doing this? He said, oh, you'd be great. We already got one guy half-deaf. Come on. And we make the soldiers do the heavy lifting. So I start getting excited within me. And then I take the Lord in prayer. And all of a sudden my sight and my business down. As God says, that's not what I have for you. Mm -hmm. Lord, this pays good though. This will be a way to get rid of a mortgage quick. <laughs> This is the carrot on this stick trying to distract me from God's plan. I made it nowhere in my job application, by the way. Jeremiah 29, 8 through 9. For this is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. Don't let the prophets who are among you, your diviners, deceive you. Don't let the dreams elicit you from them. They are prophesying falsely in, your, in my name. I have not sent them. This is the Lord's declaration. Guys, I believe this applies as much as ever in the United States today. The government's telling us one thing, this one's telling us one thing. We have to be really discerning of what God's plan is for us. We can move into that hope, but we have to stick to the plan. The minute we step away from the plan, we're stepping away from hope. Yep. The hope for now and the hope for eternity. The beautiful part about God's plan is he already knows what we're going to do. We're going to slip, we're going to trip, we're going to scurry, we're going to fall. But guess what? He has allotments for that. All we have to do is repent, come back to him, and we get right back on the course. Amen. Just like the redirect on GPS. Step three. Know his thoughts and plans are for you, not against you. Remember, he wants to give you hope in this. His plan wants to give you hope. Sometimes it's easy to think God's so big, which he is. He's so magnificent, it's hard to fathom. But he still cares about each and every one of you. Amen. Most have mentioned the mega churches, and he still loves you and still cares about this church. 100% agree. This is exactly what this point's about. That he wants what's best for you, each one individual. And it's easy at my worst point in my life, it's easy to believe God's very God's good and He has a big plan for everybody. But He wasn't necessarily for me. 
That was totally the wrong way to look at things. When I got back around with God, I started looking at that. I realized that hopes for me, that plans for me. Notice in our focal scripture back in 11, thoughts are for well-being, not disaster, according to the Christian Standard Bible. In the New King James, it says, for peace, not evil. And in the New Living Translation, it says, for good, not disaster. Amen. Each one of them phrases a little different, but I like how they phrase it a little different because it just makes the point. For peace, not evil. That internal peace. There may be a whole lot of chaos around us. During that tornado, I had a whole lot of peace in making decisions, not because of, I felt strong in my ability, but I just had that peace, and it's the peace that God gives us. Didn't have to worry about all the chaos. Does that mean there's not going to be, it's always going to be easy without storms? No, absolutely not. There will be storms. There will be troubles. There will be hard times. That's why we need hope. If we didn't have hard times, if we didn't have troubles, if we didn't have those storms, why would we need hope? We're there. We've arrived. The time this Jeremiah scripture was written, Israelites from the exile. They were forced into detention. They were exposed to false gods and idols. Their youth, their prime youth, were taken into captivity. So they was in a storm. They wasn't in a good spot in life when Jeremiah was telling them this. A leader, uh, a leader against, they had a leader against anyone who worshipped the one true God. Uh, the men and women I sent out to respond to the tornado knew the plan I had for them. They knew that it still was dangerous, but they knew my intent, my plan was not to harm them. They had a hope that they could do the job. They had a hope that they could save life, that they could save property. Yeah. They had a hope that they were going to safely return. How often do we look back at the disaster and realize it was not that big a deal? I once had a captain that used to ask me this very regularly when I get aggravated about something. Is it really going to matter in 99 years? <laughs> yep. I'm going to change it a little bit. Is it really going to matter for the sake of eternity? We need to look at a lot more things eternity-minded, and that'll help us have more of a hope than if we look at them in a day long. I'm not saying, it, saying we handle things perfectly. I don't. I wish I could stand here and say I've mastered this, but writing this sermon, God gut punched me a little bit on this one. I need to trust in his plan. Why need to have a hope in his plan? Rather than looking about the what is where for us. Imagine how it's prepared if you think eternally minded. Many times there are lessons for us or another. You ever think that just because you're going through something and it's a bad time that you may be living in an example for somebody else? You may never even know it, but I'm struggling in this. Somebody's seeing me struggle in this, but they're seeing how I built the hope of God look at God's plan for that hope and all of a sudden I change them or maybe it puts me in the path of somebody else I'll say I'm sick and I have to be a doctor and now I get to pray with somebody I was able to be put into somebody else's life to help them that it's all God's plan even though I didn't like that place sometimes the biggest storm sometimes your storms are your biggest witness Sometimes they're a part of the living in a fallen world. I will say this. I had a guy tell me one time, it really makes sense. That you keep hope. You don't have to go through it gracefully. You just keep going through it. God's grace will cover Does that mean the storms are going to go quick? Absolutely not. On Jeremiah 29.10. For this is what the Lord says. When 70 years of battle for Babylon are complete, I will attend to you and affirm my promise concerning to you the restoring you in this place. Seventy years. Seventy years, he says, before he's going to restore. Take a whole lot of patience and a whole lot of hope. 
found this statement when I was researching. It says, the 70-year period of Babylon captivity is an important part of Israel's history, and Christians should be familiar with it. Like many other Old Testament events, this history accounts demonstrate God's faithfulness to his people, his judgment of sin, and his surety of his promises. These stories in the Old Testament are important. They give the most, a lot of them give us hope. They know them, look at both Noah. From the time God told them to start building an ark, they got finished building an ark for over 100 years. There never before been an ark. There never before been, 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 been a flood. How many days you think Noah was out there working on an ark thinking, Lord, what have you really got me doing? What in the world is this? What's this supposed to look like? What, I don't really feel like God said, well, here's your schematic and here's your building plans and I'll make sure the building code. No. He said, build it. I believe probably one day at a time. Build it. Here, do this. Do this. Even if he showed him the future, he still didn't have the ability to grasp it at that point. It's like something never been seen. Before the, before the uh, planes hit the tower on 9-11, had any of us imagined anything like that happen? I'd say most of us forever changed our view on how things can happen, on how war can happen. Look at Jesus. 30 years on this earth before he actually officially started ministering. And he only ministered for approximately 30. He had to wait 30 years. Part of God came to us in human. They could have fast forward and he could start ministering when he's 12, 10 years old, a bit wiser than all of us. But God chose to bring him to an age of maturity to be able to witness to us. Everybody close your eyes a minute. Think about the past time that you were in a storm. Think about how God delivered you. How he carried you through. How he had a plan. Maybe you had hope. Maybe you didn't. But look at that and the hope he gave you. Sometimes progress is not what we imagine, and it seems like you make are not making any. But as long as you are pushing into God, you will move forward. It doesn't matter if you run, if you walk, or quite frankly, if you crawl. Many times I've walked into a burning building, and a lot of times I've crawled into a burning building. Either way, I make progress. How many people have seen the Christian movie? I think it's the courageous one with the football player. Facing the Giants. Do what? Facing the Giants. Facing the Giants. Okay, I had the wrong Christian movie. Facing the Giants. Where they had a player with a bad attitude. The coach had him do a drill where the guy gets on his back and has to crawl blindfolded. Wants him to make it just a certain point. The coach don't tell him. He keeps pushing. Keep digging in. Keep pushing forward. Keep moving. Keep going. Jamie, keep going forward. Keep moving. Keep crawling. You got this. Keep going. Where'd he end up at? End zone. Read it all the way. How many times as Christians we get discouraged and say, that's it. It's easier just to give up. 
It's easier just not, not to worry about, not to have that hope that God's going to give us. We've got to grab a hold of it. It's up to us to pursue it. It's up to us to grab that hope and use that hope. Those are the times that we can dig into God and become closer with Him. Those are the times that we that we develop that perseverance which gives strength. Amen. Don't have to do it gracefully. It may hurt. A football player, no doubt, his legs were probably on fire. But he kept digging in. He kept digging in. Just like that coach was there saying, come on, give me, give me, give me five more yards. Give me five more yards. Our Father's there doing the same thing in our heaven. Jesus is interceding in us in heaven with the Father. Help us encourage us to get it five more yards. Five more yards. The scripture to back that up. Jeremiah 29, 4 through 7. This is what the Lord of armies, the, the God of Israel, says to all the exiles I've deported from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat for produce. Find wives for yourselves and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters to the men in marriage so they will bear sons and daughters. Multiply there. Do not decrease. Pursue the well-being of the city as I have reported to you to. Pray to the Lord on, on its behalf for, though, for when it thrives, you will thrive. God's plan for hope didn't call for them to stand still. It called for them to move forward. It called for them to build a shelter, a solid base, a place to build so you would know where to, where to be in the storm. God's calling for us to build a house, to build a solid base within us, in Him, so we know where to fall back to our quiet time, our shelter, he called for them to plant and reap and eat, to feed themselves, to feed themselves. So even when you're not going through a storm, if you're feeding yourself, you'll have it to reap and eat. To feed themselves so they would not just sustain themselves, but to build themselves. Didn't call for them to wither away. He asked for them to build their kingdom in a proper way. Just as he's calling for us to build his kingdom. Amen. We're not living in a perfect scenario right now. Well, yeah, we're not exiles, but you know, there are places in the United States right now that the Christian church is having issues. Amen. I had a friend called me about two weeks ago to talk to me. He used to live down here in Ozarks and he moved up around the Seattle area. And he was having praise worship in the park and Antifa radio. Throwing ping bombs on and poop bombs and and uh, Mason. It's in America. <laughs> We're called to move forward. The pastor kept moving forward, offering him love. God kept giving him words to say. End up, he got invited to come speak at the Antifa meeting. Wow. Pastor come, got invited to come speak to him about God in Antifa meeting. I thought that was so good. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Step five, seek God's thoughts, plans, as they are available to us. Jeremiah 29, 12 through 14. You will call to me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. I'm going to repeat that verse. You will call to me. First step, we've got to call on God. Notice, don't say, he will come to you. He will listen to you first. We have to take a step there. An action for us to grab a hold of his plan, to grab a hold of the hope that he provides. Come and pray to me. I've had several people tell me, well, I don't really know how to pray very well. I have a conversation with God. It's just talking to God. It's not fancy and flowery. I have a friend that, man, he, he prays. He's telling He's wonderful. You know what? His prayer don't make it any higher than my prayer. Don't make it any higher than my wife's crying first. He will look, and it says, I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you. He will listen to us. We will find him. This is the Lord's declaration. I will 
restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you. The Lord's declaration, I will restore you to the, pl to the place from which you were recorded. How many people have ever felt like during a storm when he was like totally in a different part of life? She just really felt like he was isolated, he was away from everything else? I'll give you, I'll give you a hint on that. When you feel isolated, that's a spirit. A spirit of isolation. Straight from hell, meant to, make, <clears throat> meant to make a Christian feel like they're not part of something, that they're yeah. excluded. They're yeah. excluded from the facts. We need to seek God's plan wholeheartedly. I think too many, too many times we treat God's plan like an order of McDonald's. Well, if we drive through, say what we want, get to the window, and here it is. But she'll probably get the wrong hand. God promises you to be found. He's not playing hide and seek, but He wants to know your heart. He wants to know that you truly want what He wants. He wants you to come to Him. He wants you to commit to Him. On that day of the tornado, they asked, Where do you want me to go? I said, They went. Then on the flip side, when I was in the command center, they asked me what they, they asked me what they needed. Once again, I'm not saying I'm trying to pretend like I'm God, playing God in this role. But here I am in charge of resources. And they call me from the scene and say, I need this. I say, here you go. Just like what scripture here is declaring. Here you go. Now it may look different from what we think. We may think we need this. God says, oh wait a minute, timing's not right. This is not really what you need. Be careful to think, yeah, it's going to turn out exactly like I think. Many things in my life haven't been exactly like what I think. God knows He just wants you to reach for it. He will provide in ways that you cannot imagine. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways. This is Lord's declaration. For, a, for as heaven is higher than earth, so are my ways higher than your ways my thoughts higher than your thoughts. We don't think like we was when we was in kindergarten. Hopefully. We don't think maybe like the sixth grade. We think a lot different than we used to. We have life experiences to draw from. Some good, some bad. But God knows all that stuff. He knows beyond our life experience. He knows other people's life experience and how it ties in. He knows that all that's going to happen and how my wife and Judy sit at the same table getting to meet each other would turn out. I couldn't afford the effect and set it up if I tried. God knows. So I guess I got a question. Why do we think we can figure it out? Why do we think I got this? The master of the universe has a master plan that's beyond our capabilities to put together. But God can reveal it and He will reveal it. He gives us that hope in His plan. He gives us a hope for our life after this life, the blessed hope that some of God stands on. But He also gives us hope in today. Okay, so if today turns out to be a bad day, that's fine. That lets you know tomorrow can be a good day. You can't have a good day without a bad day. You don't have to know all of God's plans. In that tornado day, I didn't know all the factors. I didn't know when I sent the people out to the Decaturville area that the storm was moving quite that slow. And when I said the experiment and a half afterwards, I made a decision based on the limited amount I knew. But God took care of the rest. God knows all the factors in that plan. Amen. We must believe and walk into the future with hope. We don't have hope where we're really standing in. Wishing. I won't even go into the saying about wishing. Regardless of what changes in your life, regardless of what changes around you, what circumstances change, regardless of hurt and rejection, regardless of what people to the left or the right do, 
regardless, 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 we got to focus on the hope in God's plan. God has a plan. God has a future for you. Amen. God wants you to give hope, give you hope. He also wants you to share hope. Yes. And I'm going to say right here, that was things a little bit on me. I'm guilty. I don't always share my hope with others. Sometimes a little bit focused on where things are going. A lot of things I'm very analytical. That's an enemy of hope sometimes. There's a lot of looking things, right? Where they are. But I need to share hope with that. Jeremiah 29, 15 through 19. You have said, the Lord has raised you up the prophets for us in Babylon. But this is what the Lord says concerning the king sitting on David's throne and concerning all the people living in the city, concerning, concerning your brothers who did not go uh, with you in the exile. The Lord of I mean, Arnold says, I am about to send a sword, a famine, and a plague against them. Not one thing, but he's going to send three things against them. I will make them rotten figs that are inedible because they are so bad. I will pursue them with sword, famine, and plague. I will make them pour to all the kingdoms of the earth. I will curse and desolate desolation, an object of scorn and disgrace among all the nations. I have banished them. I will do this because they have not listened to my words. This is the Lord's declaration. The words that I have sent to them my, with my servants, the prophets, time and time again. And you too have not listened is the Lord's declaration. This is one of the things when I talk about getting a little bit of gut punch whenever I'm writing this sermon. The Holy Spirit really got after me. You need to listen to my plan. You need to focus on that hope. I know what his plan is in my life. But I lose hope sometimes in it because I'm focusing on the here and now rather than focusing on God. And you too have not listened. That one seems good. This verse shows conquer over the suppressing forces, the conquering over the evil. It shows in the Old Testament that we win verses if we listen to God, if we move forward in His plan and hope. We must listen and obey to receive the fullness of God's plan and God's hope. Have you been listening? When are you going to start? questions presented with me. It is time to listen to our God so we may carry out His plan. I'll give you a spoiler alert. If we listen, we are better. Listen and are obedient. We win. We are victorious. Jump forward to the New Testament. Romans 8, 31 through 39. What then are we to say about these things? If our God is for us, who is against us? He did not even spare his own son. He gave up him for us, for all of us. How will he not always with him grant us everything? Who can bring accusations against God's elect? God is the one that justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ is the one that died, but even more has been raised at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. Who can separate us from Christ's love? Can affliction? or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or sword. As it is written, because you are being put to death all day long, you are counted as sheep to the slaughter. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persecuted, I am persuaded, excuse me, I am persuaded that neither life, death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We cannot be separated from the love of God. We choose to stay in that plan. We have no hope yet. It doesn't matter what happens. We have that hope. Amen. And it's easy to stand here and say it. But we, and I say we includes me, needs to start living. In summary, one <coughs> true God over the whole whole universe, the big God, Alpha the Mega, has a plan for you. Amen. Every one of you. From the youngest one in the congregation to the oldest. He has a plan for those people out around this church. 
they're sitting in their houses or went down to the lake. Here's a plan for them. And it's up to us to help them realize that. Amen. Watch for distractions. The world wants to distract us. Have plans coming up. Have things get water.
Lord will be going through and just beat you down. Maybe you become doubtful or angry at God. I'm the kind of guy that you can get angry at God. He gets angry. But you know what? God's perfect. He's always right. So you can get angry with him, but then you got to get right. So maybe it's time to acknowledge it. I've been hurt. Yes. Amen. Whatever it is. 